This episode is brought to you in part by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex, baby. Dudes, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. With BlueChew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. Get it? Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our Douglas Movies listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code DLM at checkout. Just pay five bucks for shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code DLM to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Back to the show. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot Grab your copy of the Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Doug hates candy wrappers, screaming baby sticky seeds with 50 ads and popcorn kernels in his teeth. There's still not one that he won't see, cause Doug loves movies! Hey everybody, it says right here on this piece of paper that I cleverly wrote on before the show. That was the theme song by Hard and Firm. Let's give it up for Hard and Firm in there. Catchy theme song. Catchy like the measles. Uh, we're coming to you not live from the UCB Theater in Los Angeles in front of a live audience. There they are. Uh, so there's a comments feature on the I Love Movies page on handheldcomedy.com. 
And I make the mistake of looking at those comments. I don't know what gets over me. I know that something hurtful is going to happen. And yet I still click away. Let's see what people are saying. So here are two comments I got uh, right after the Sam Levine episode aired. I don't know if aired's not the right word for it, but you get the idea. And these, of course, were written by people who get to hide behind internet anonymity. (laughs) Doug, let the man talk, for fuck's sakes. (laughs) That was one comment. Um, Is the show called Sam Levine's I Love Movies? I don't think so. (laughs) But it should be. And another person uh, wrote, For Serious, (laughs) that's how they started, For Serious, if I wanted to listen to a bunch of 35-year-old prima donna comedians come dilettantes talk over each other, I'd watch VH1. Okay, first of all, thanks for calling me 35. I appreciate that. Probably hurtful to some of the other guests, but it was nice for me. And secondly, um, people don't talk over each other on VH1. They all go one at a time, so I don't know where he got that from. But thanks for listening. My guest today uh, was supposed to be Mary Lynn Rice Cub, but she's too busy playing someone named Chloe on some show named 24. (laughs) The guest I got to replace her is moaning in the back. He's so sad that she's not here. So she couldn't get here on time because saving the world is more important than talking about movies. So in lieu of her... Please welcome back to the show one of my favorite 35-year-old comedian-cum-dilettantes, Paul F. Tompkins, everybody! Isn't that a nice surprise? They're excited! They're happy it's you. Thank you for pretending that you're not disappointed. They're very excited to see you, Paul. They're very nice people. Yeah. Here's what I love about that dude's comment, is that... The idea that they, first they're prima donna comedians, and then, like, that's what they mainly do. And they're like, you know what? I'm also going to be a dilettante. <laughs> yeah. It's just We're such a... We're not qualified to be dilettantes. <laughs> it's certainly the only time in the history of the written word that dilettantes and for serious <laughs> were anywhere near each other in a paragraph. Are you forgetting A Tale of Two Cities? <laughs> For serious, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. That was the, the book really, the book on tape read by Michael Rappaport. Uh, now that same guy who called me and all my guests prima donnas went on to say in another post he came back for more. Like he posted once and then went, oh, wait a second, I got more to say. Also. Bring the manly and self-assured voices of Odenkirk and Tompkins back. Well, he got his wish. Wow. <laughs> but he should have well, used it to get gold or pussy. I hope you're happy. He shouldn't have wasted it on who the guest is going to be. You know what else? <laughs> on How high about, How about wishing for more wishes? Stupid yes. rookie mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody makes it. I wish they wouldn't. Oh, shit. I just lost my wishes. Uh, he went on to say, I'm sure one of them, meaning Bob Odenkirk or you, Paul Tompkins, dislikes children of men as much as the rest of us do. <laughs> the rest of us? <laughs> yeah. So he's speaking for everybody, and they all hate children of men. It must be Bob, because I really enjoy children of men. Yay! <laughs> that's what I thought you'd say. But so don't, ever get confirmation. don't ever get confirmation on that. I won't. 
Let's move on. <laughs> it's a really good movie, right? I really enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, suck on that guy whose name I didn't write down. Because <laughs> it was something like, some fake, you know, it was one of those internet handles. 10-4, good buddy. Yeah, that's his name. <laughs> suck on that, 10-4, good buddy. That would be an awesome handle. <laughs> It'd be great. CB lingo. It has to be taken, though, right? <laughs> My screen name is CB lingo. Welcome back to I Love Movies, Paul. It's your third appearance on the show, I believe. If, uh, yes. If keeping track is something I would I would do. Third time is the charm, Doug. Oh, no. <laughs> A lot of pressure. Have you been <laughs> to be charming. Have you been, have you been to the cinema lately? I have. You I charmer? Have I, have, I, was char- I charmingly went to the cinema. What have you seenified? I saw the, the, the movie that is called um, The Lives of Others. By Dorian von Henkel Donnerschmark. Yes, it's German. It's a German film. Uh, th- th- that's the English title. In uh, German, it's known as Der Lives of Others. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds stupid I, over here. I apologize. Der Lives of Others. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's why they, you can see why they had to change it. They had to. Who would go see Too that? many people would sound stupid buying a ticket. Yeah. Der Lives of Others. Please. <laughs> So, and did you like it? Did it deserve to win over Pan's Labyrinth? It absolutely did. It did. It absolutely did. Because uh, The Lives of Others is a bum-out that squeaks out somewhat of a happified ending oh, that's at the good. end. Whereas Pan's Labyrinth is kind of a bummer that becomes even more of a bummer yeah. by the end. Yeah, it's a, I really... That, I think Pan's Labyrinth was very well done... You know, excellently yes. made. It was enjoyable. I'm glad I saw it. I really I just, enjoyed seeing it. Just it just creeped me out, and I never want to see it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go back and enjoy it again. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine who said, "I don't want to see that. The guy with the eyeballs on his hands." And I was like, "Yeah, that was kind of scary." <laughs> Good point. If I had seen that before seeing the movie, I wouldn't have gone to see it. But even the one that was kind of friendly and helping her out was just completely creepy looking. How did she not know that he was a monster? First of all, he looked like one. <laughs> Secondly, everything he said sounded suspicious. Like, just, just go do this and everything's going to be fine. How yeah. could you not trust me? Whatever you do, don't eat the plum. <laughs> or what, what was it she wasn't supposed to eat? He turned Anything. She was not supposed well, to eat, eat anything at all. And she saw something. He turned out to be right about it. Had that. to have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those are the kind of instructions that uh, they're not made to be broken. You think it's reverse psychology? Yeah. <laughs> well, he probably wants me to eat a strawberry. <laughs> she, should have, she should have had dialogue to that effect. <laughs> she should have said, "Well, he said don't do it, but that I'm not falling for that." Yeah. What is it? You know. Instead, clearly, she was just hungry. Yeah. He wants me to eat something <laughs> in this skin monster's mansion. <laughs> Uh, so, but you like the lives of others. That's lives of others is really good. And I want to check it out, even though the guy mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger in his acceptance speech that at the Oscars. Was weird. Didn't make any sense at all. Like, I think it's because they're both German, but that's not enough reason. Well, I read up on it, <laughs> and um, <laughs> apparently they have never met. But this guy was inspired by Schwarzenegger's story. At some point in Schwarzenegger's life, the telling of his life story, he said that, um, you know. It, you should always ignore people that say uh, you can't do that. And that he right. struck those words from his language. I guess in both languages. He ignored those words and, uh, and told himself that nothing was impossible. 
But then he made a made a pretty smart movie, though, right? Yeah. So I think he could have done that anyway. <laughs> right? No, he needed Schwarzenegger <laughs> to say those words. <laughs> it had to happen the way it happened. Yeah. <laughs> you could be anything you want. You could, you, could, you could teach kindergartners if you want. And be a cop. At the same time. <laughs> you could tell lies that are true. You can remember things perfectly. <laughs> That's right. You Total can, Recall, motherfuckers. You can, <laughs> you can reduce the sum of action heroes to one. <laughs> you could not wear underwear. Commando. <laughs> I still don't know what yours was, though. You could... Mine was... <laughs> Was hero. it Predator? No, the last action hero. <laughs> no, for Predator, I was going to go, you could be someone desirable to Chris Hansen. <laughs> That's good. That guy really liked that. He really did. Predator. <laughs> what about Ghost Rider? Oh, my God. Are you Why is that movie me? making so much money? We didn't, we, we didn't give him any money. We knew better. Uh, you know what? I think a lot of people think it's based on a true story. Oh, that's why they're going. <laughs> And they're like, I must have missed this story the first time around. I'm Surely I would have seen that on the news. A flaming skull motorcyclist? I should go check out the movie. Nicolas Cage is always good. And I love Eva Mendes. Well, and especially the two of them together, because there's a flashback where they're in high school together. No. And then they grow it? up and they're adults together. Did you see it? Because there's that 13-year bridge between ages in high school. No, she was no, a gifted. She it. was a gifted student. She was a gifted child. <laughs> yeah, she <was> actually. <laughs> she was twelve. She was gifted and gigantic. She was almost <laughs> Nicolas Cage size when she was thirteen years younger than him. I can only hope they play themselves in high school. That would be. Then I would see that movie if they had the balls to have Nicolas Cage play his own game. <laughs> Play a high school version like of Like, just himself. digitally reduce him down somehow? Make Not even. Small. Just a different wig. Just, just, just different a hair. different wig and different clothes. And, and make his voice slightly higher. Like, I'm in high school. Well, now you're talking about uh, Peggy Sue got married. They did exactly that. At least in that movie, he was maybe 10 years out of high school. He was, yeah. He was high school playing age. Like, we're yeah. used to seeing 28-year-olds as high school students. That's Absolutely. normal. I applaud it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of true stories, Wild Hogs. Oh, boy. Uh, Zodiac. Zodiac, I want to see. Me too. I want to see Zodiac. Two hour and 40 minute commitment. My, uh, my girlfriend wants to see that very much because she loves all those murder shows that are on uh, A&E and mm -hmm. everything and 48 Hours and all that. Uh, like a lot of women. Are there women here who love those true life murder shows? Are there any women here? Are there women? Yes. <laughs> Any women at all? I know a lot of women. A lot of women in my life love those murder shows, and they're also uh, deathly afraid of uh, you know they're very they're pa very paranoid about people breaking in and everything like that. Right. Um, so so they for to, they her, need to build up their crazy logic things things yeah, that could well, go bad. Like, I am terrified. They saw it on that show. Yeah, I'm terrified of sharks, but I love to watch Shark Week and any kind of shark related documentary. Because it's it's just like you're not gonna get me. I can look at you, but you'll never see me. <laughs> you can't come and find me because it means your death. <laughs> um, but this, I know she wants to see this movie because it's like a gigantic murder show. It's a two-hour and forty-minute 
murder show. It yeah. really happened, and it's grisly. Well, I was kind of hoping that the Zodiac Killer just kind of wandered off there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well have physically gotten up from the table. <laughs> I was just waiting to change the subject. I was okay. just waiting to get my joke in. Get your joke in, Joe Clothes. Now it's not going to work. We need to, was it? It needs to be more organic than that. Let's talk about Wild Hogs a little bit, and then I'll slip it in when nobody's expecting. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Wild Hogs. Who's your favorite Wild Hog? Uh, Between the four. Probably John Travolta, because when, uh, in the commercial, when that bird hits him, that's so funny. It's pretty good. The other guys get hit with bugs. And then he's laughing he's at He's laughing at him. He gets bird, hit with a big old bird. Hits him in the chest. Right in the chest. Here's why, what I like about that is he keeps his cool. Like, I would have... Fall, ridden off the road I would have fallen off the motorcycle a bird hit him in the chest and he's like this is unpleasant he would die yeah. uh, Wild Hogs is one of those movies that there's so many steps along the way where it could not have been made and yet people kept making it so many steps like after it was written somebody could have said no then we'd have to cast it and put people in it <laughs> then after it was cast they could have looked at the cast and said oh that's a lot of money for very little return and then like after the initial table read they could have said whoa we are in big trouble pull the plug no one's been paid anything yet <laughs> after the screening the first <laughs> yes, screening the first after screening the, after, no even before the first screening after they see a rough cut of it like uh, video straight to DVD there's no shame in that a lot of people do it these days after the first screening when people said are you guys kidding me they could have said alright let's let's pretend we lost it <laughs> so many, after the premiere they could have burned the theater down they could have had some oily rags and a Zippo on hand just in case look we all know this is a big piece of shit let's say after the, after the premiere we burn the theater down. Oh, we left all the prints in there at the premiere. <laughs> oh, but then it made hogs. millions of dollars. Right? It, did it did really, really well. well because I, the you know the theory is that fans of each of the leads <laughs> came out <laughs> and got burned. That accounts for seventy-five people, Doug. I know it's well. They do, they are. It is a disparate bunch. It is indeed of, of of fellows, and then toss in a little Ray Liotta for anyone who's paying attention during the commercials. And uh, you I, know, I, I can imagine not. they all have fans that see every movie that they do. No fans that have seen every movie that all of them have done, but because what? they're all in terrible movies. But Tim Allen has people that see every movie that he does because he's I in think them. Maybe for richer, for poorer. <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> I forgot about Zoom. Oh, Zoom. I forgot about Zoom. Zoom was just like, didn't you already uh, do a good, like that other one? What was it called? The Star Trek type one? Yeah. Yeah, Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. Quest. Which was you really did Galaxy charming. Quest. It was quite charming. Yes. Really hit it out of the park. Absolutely charming. what they had to work with. Yes. And, a great uh, performance by Tony Shalhoub. Very funny. Yes. That guy's always good. Enrico Colantoni. Also very good. Good in that. Yes, yes. indeed. Yes, indeed. I even like that black guy. Blackie? In that movie. <laughs> Who is the, the one, oh, the one uh, that since lost the, the use of his legs? Uh, <laughs> why did I bring that up? I wish you could have remembered his name rather than use that descriptor. <laughs> Chill Mitchell. Chill Mitchell. Mitchell. Yes, Gerald Chill That's Mitchell. it. <laughs> Who worked with Marilyn Rice Cub on Veronica's Closet? So it's practically like she's here. Ta-da! We did it. They did not go for that theory. Oh. <laughs> no. She'll be here soon, though. 
Yeah, when in, she's done in, pushing in a, someone else's right wing agenda. In a, on, a, on a future date. I said it! On a future date, we'll have her back. Now, I do a show here in LA called The Benson Interruption on the last Thursday of every Oh, that month. sounds like fun. Yeah, well, you're often in it. So Am I really? So it's a ball. And. Um, Gotta pay more attention. This last time that we cow. did it uh, was during the hot, 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 hot Oscar season. Oscars, I called them. <laughs> and. Uh, there were billboards. There were billboards all over town oh, that boy. you did not. You you oh. spoke of how much you were annoyed by them. Yes, I'm glad that you brought this up. It was a terrible, lazy campaign by the Academy to get people to watch, or by ABC. I don't know, but they were obviously in collusion um, to get people to watch the Oscars because you know how a lot of people don't watch them. And then they said, "How do we get people interested in our Oscar broadcast?" So all over Los Angeles, they had these billboards that had famous quotes from Oscar-winning movies. I hear they put them up in other cities as well. Did they really? Okay, I've heard that, yes. Oh, I'm sorry, other cities. Um, <laughs> but it would be things like, I'm king of the world. Ugh. Or, um, which of course is, for, is which from... Which is from Titanic. Oh, I was going to guess disorderlies. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people forget it won for best adapted screenplay. <laughs> Buried treasure. It was based on Oliver Twist. Um, so, you know, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. That, to me, was like, wow, you're really going to go and put a Gone with the Wind quote, your famous quotes, like, oh, that's right, that did come from a movie. Is that the feeling people were supposed to get? Like, maybe I do like the movies after all. But the worst one was, <laughs> for Silence of the Lambs, the quote was, good evening, Clarice. That's... Out of all Hello, the, other character yeah. in the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of all the... Wow. Out of all the... Such screenwriting. Many, many quotable lines from that movie, because that is an incredibly quotable movie. They go with Good Evening, Clarice. I'm not even sure that those two characters talk to each other in the evening time, first of all. But my vote for uh, the quote that they should have put from Silence of the Lambs... Yes. ...is a fantastic quote. And this is it's a perfect marriage of writing... And delivery by the actor. And it's when... Ted Levine. Ted Levine. Jodie Foster goes to Ted Levine's house. You know, he's the real killer. The FBI is off somewhere else. She's going to talk to him, right? And she's asking him if he knows anything about the disappearance of this girl. And uh, he's stonewalling her, not giving her any kind of info. And then he's about to close the tour. And then he goes, Oh, wait. Was she a great big fat person? <laughs> That's your billboard. Who wouldn't be delighted driving home from work? You're know, like, my day sucked. Oh, wait, was she a great big fat person? For Thank you, Academy. <laughs> I will watch the Oscars this year. Uh, I told you, what I, my, the line I think they should have used, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't know exactly how it goes, is, help me put this couch into this van. <laughs> you about a size 18? <laughs> Answer with the cast. That was but, a good movie. Uh, <laughs> but so that that got me going on. Uh, uh, this is my uh, now I do an impression of that guy, and this is how it goes. Uh -huh. This is my impression of that guy. Okay. If when he had that lady down in the well in his basement, if he didn't have a bucket, this is the serial killer. <laughs> if he didn't have a bucket, toss that lotion up here. <laughs> A little help? A little help? 
good arm. <laughs> That's how it ends. Good arm. Well, people at home. I can't wait to take the skin off of that arm. <laughs> well, people wear listening it. to the podcast know which, which of us was which. I don't well, know. They think it was one person doing it. They might. So, but if they come out and see me live, they're going to see that part. It's going to be all me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm nodding. I'm I nodding. love it. Yeah, he's nodding I'm his nodding. approval. Oh my god! You ready to play the letter, Mom? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I got so excited about the letter Mom game, I had a bile rush. <laughs> oh man! Did you see Bile Rush Three with uh, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan? <laughs> it was really good. That's the biliest of the trilogy. Um, yeah, let's I'm play the letter Mom game. It. I'm ready to play it. Do you want to ask or be asked? Ask me. Okay. Ask me. I didn't. I haven't done well. I, I'm, I'm <coughs> over two, right? I don't. Uh, I don't take keep track of that. I do. I'm very competitive, Doug. You're over two. Uh, that means I lost both times. Okay. I well, I'm not going to give you. I'm not going to pull a Zach Galifianakis and, and whip out prom night two, <laughs> hello Mary Lou or whatever it was called. <laughs> Goodbye Mary Lou or something like that. Goodbye probably makes more sense. Probably. <laughs> um. And uh, so basically, just to quickly explain how this works, I will read the, the, the cast of a movie from and the give bottom the year. up. Give the year first. I always forget that. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember that you always forget. So you remember. Like an old you remember to always remember. <laughs> like an old married podcast couple. Like, actually, that's kind of chilly. I could use a shawl. <laughs> um, He's always cold. So I'm going to... List the names from the bottom, and Paul will try and stop me when he thinks he can guess it, and uh, and I will. Hopefully, he'll get it by the time we get to the top name. God, I hope so. Here we go. Actually, I'm going to give you the top name first because I don't think it gives it away. <laughs> the year is 1981. Mm. It's 87 minutes long. <laughs> wow, they really, they really went all out. And Leonard Maltin calls it a bomb. Mm. Jeremy Joe Kronzberg. <laughs> Is the lead actor? <laughs> no. Yes. No, but I would have heard of this movie, probably, even though it probably, stars Jeremy probably. Joe Kronzberg. <laughs> There's some other big names in this movie that I'm going to tell you about now. Oh, Joseph Marr. Joe Marr was in it. Art Matrano. Oh, I know who that guy is. Danny DeVito. Is it Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? No. Okay, keep going. I pause to make it really <laughs> suspenseful. Thank you. Stacy Nelkin. <laughs> Jessica Walter. Okay, I'm going to go back and say one of the names again, and then the other name, and then I think you will get it. Is it? Uh, okay, do it. You're Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Tony Danza. Oh, uh, uh, go an ape. That's right. <laughs> I didn't hear Tony Danza for some reason. You didn't. I, that's what I'm saying. Is I, I I thought the combo of Danny DeVito and Tony Danza would. But wait, the top sell guy is you. Jeremy Joe. Jeremy Kronsberg? Joe Kronzberg. He must have been the kid who owns the ape. Or, was he and or or a really weird name for an ape? It would be a good one. Why not give him first and last names and the middle name? Like he like yeah. he couldn't get into SAG without the middle name. <laughs> oh, there's another right. Oh, uh, there's a Jeremy Kronzberg already working. He's a lemur. I'm Jeremy Joe Kronzberg. <laughs> All right, your turn. <laughs> that was good work, Paul. No, it wasn't. No, because people in the audience weren't squirming, and they, it was a hard one, so... 
<laughs> you got it at the right That's time. That's the criteria for a good job. People uh, weren't there's squirting. There's one guy a couple, a couple episodes ago got mad and walked out because we weren't getting it right quick enough. <laughs> Hold on a second. This is not... Uh, uh, he has uh, Beetlejuice as two words. <laughs> Beetlejuice. I'm pretty sure that was all one word. Was it not? I think so. Does anyone care? Not even me? Mm. Look up, see if he also has Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, maybe he has it in for Tim Burton movies, and that's his subtle way of fucking with him. (laughs) Planet of the Apes is one word. Look it up. All right, you might get this one fairly quickly. Maybe not. Because who knows what goes on inside your fucking Swiss cheese brain? <laughs> that was uncalled for. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah. It's true, though. I do smoke a lot of Swiss cheese. Doug, let's get in the time machine and go back to 1982. Ooh, when a, a year came, after Going Ape. When a movie came out, it, when the, the, a nation still reeling from <laughs> 12 Going months, Ape. 12 months after the world first met Jeremy Joe Kronzberg. It bested uh, the running time by two minutes to for a total of 89 minutes. Okay. And uh, Leonard Maltan gives it two stars. I'm guessing it's an attempted comedy at 89 minutes. Well, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> attempted comedy, but no, no arrests have been made. Uh, your last name, Frank McCarthy. Okay, keep going. Keep going? Yeah, I'm not going right. to guess. I'm not going to guess just based on I'm, Frank McCarthy. I imagine at this point everyone Although knows I'm, it I, I'm thinking it might be good night and good luck. Oh, that was Joe McCarthy. No. Keep going. <laughs> George, does he get a screen credit in that movie? <laughs> He's in he it. should, right? He, he plays a lot. He's in it a lot. George Gaines. Ooh, he was uh, from the Police Academy films. Mm-hmm. And Punky Brewster. <laughs> Carl Reiner. Oh. I've heard of that name. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rini Santoni. You've the guy that, that didn't name. wash his hands on Seinfeld? <laughs> That's right, Poppy. Uh, there's two more left. Wow. And the director. Woo. Uh, the second uh, star, Rachel Ward. Oh, I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it. And it's actually pretty funny. Is two stars not fair in your assessment? I don't know. It depends on what you think it is. <laughs> I think it's Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. That's correct! <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny movie, I thought. Yeah, it was fun. It, it kind of ran out, you know, ran out of steam yeah. in yeah, its yeah, 89 yeah. minutes, but here's for a while it was fun. Here's what Leonard says. A one-joke movie based on 1940s film noir melodramas has Detective Martin interacting with clips from various vintage films and a very live client, Princess Ward. Fun at first, but with no story and cardboard characters, it wears thin fast. Film buffs will enjoy it more than the average viewer. Dedicated to famed costume designer Edith Head, whose final film this was. <laughs> but it is a one-joke movie. But for a one-joke movie, it's only so long, and there's a lot of funny gags in it and stuff that aren't yeah. just the film clips. But you know, but that also is part of the fun. Is that as soon as you start to think about how the clips are what they are, and then yeah. he has to jump in and make it make some sort of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty fun. And that, that one joke is done really, really well. Yeah, you know for what a I Carl mean? Reiner movie, because usually his movies look like, like shit. Well, yeah. Summer Rental? I you know, so uh, that one with the pirate. Rental. But um, remember Kurt Russell as a pirate? Captain Ron. Captain Ron. <laughs> see what Malton gives Between Captain the two of Ron. us, Paul and I know about every movie ever made. But we don't have... 
all of the information it's true, although individually. I, I don't do well with the game, which it bothers me. Oh, Captain Ron, he calls an out and out bomb. <laughs> and he capitalizes uh, uh, the, the title, Yuppies Get Away From It All, the, the phrase, let yuppies get away from it all by taking an inherited sailboat, as if that was a genre of film for a while. Yuppies get away from it all. It's your classic yuppies get away from it all story. <laughs> this time on a ship with a pirate <laughs> named Ron. Who is elevated to the rank of captain. Do you, have, <laughs> do you have anything you'd like to plug, Paul, before we uh, say my closing Shit. line? Um, I'm headed to Arlington, Virginia soon. I'm headed to two cities I've never been to before. Is you play at the Draft House in Arlington? the Draft House. I hear it's a good gig. And I believe you're there not long after me. And But, but soon enough that, it, that I can't plug it on this particular podcast. Because people will hear this after. Oh. So I hope they enjoyed me when I was there. I hope you enjoyed Doug. And I hope if he didn't leave a bad taste in your mouth, you'll come out and see come more live comedy. Come back and see Paul. I hear it's a good venue. Uh, I hear it's a good venue, too. So I'm looking forward to that. And what's the other one? The other one is I'm going to Chicago. Uh, and I can't remember. Oh, it's called The People Under the Stairs. S-T-A-R-E-S is the name of the show. The name of the venue, I don't recall. <laughs> but hey, Chicago, you've got access to computers. Are Why you going to be under the stairs? No, it's uh, people will be staring at me, so I will be oh, under. Oh, I get it. I will be one of the people under the stairs of the audience. And that's how many nights do you do that for? One. It's One in and out. Stair-filled night. It's in and out. These people are looking at me. I got to get out of here. Come down and stare at me. <laughs> All right, Paul F. Tompkins, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to watch Twenty Four. Until next time, this is Doug Benson saying, "Will the foe is a shithead." Now it's time for Doug to watch another talkie. Eyes of gold, his viewing prowess makes him cocky. There's no room in his heart for you, cause Doug. Loves